Hey, welcome to episode 25 of yep. some Ships. Uh, so proud. I'm Paul. I'm Bryce. And we have guest host Shayla here again today. I'm Shayla. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hello. So, get ready to be blown out of your seats. Whoa! Fans. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Hey, listeners. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because this is going to be great. Yep. Yeah, uh, this time we're doing another... Uh, another uh, the other Cold War yep. uh, uh, segment on getting your crap together so that you can love and be loved. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I which wish is... we had come up with some kind of Cold War music that we would play in each one of these. It's not no. too late. I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> and maybe I'll do something about it. And that's kind of what this episode's yeah. about. I think you should blame other people. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. It's, it's easier. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I blame the rest of yeah. America. Maybe yeah. the world. Yeah. So th- anyway, th- this topic, it's you know similar to other stuff we've talked about before. Like we talked about um, um, the equation. Uh, uh, the uh, finding the right person plus being the right person for for to have a good relationship. Yeah, and we've talked about other stuff that's related. Um, but at the end of the day, if people, if you want to be loved, just do nothing. <laughs> just do what you've always done. That should work. Well, okay. <laughs> Definitely don't look inward. <laughs> and if you and if you do accidentally look inward and you find something that you can identify is getting in the way, don't right do away. anything about it. Yes, this is the this is the the way. Yeah, you know, to some extent, this kind of ties in with uh, last episode where we were talking about, um, you know, what actually works and what doesn't work as well for getting into relationships and how mm-hmm. the more direct approaches are initiating yeah in, in initiating like the more direct you are the more likely you are to actually get into a relationship like actually coming right out and saying like you know would you like to date yeah um it, but that's a very proactive thing and, yeah. and i feel like this kind of dovetails with that a little bit that like um yeah being passive about things that might be getting in our way about yeah. ourselves yeah is a very effective approach to making yeah. ourselves more desirable and attractive yeah. you know being proactive about it trying to actually change it you know <laughs> one of the things that works. one of the things that stands out to the to me the most about that the last episode about initiation was how <laughs> the findings about um waiting for other people to uh to uh, approach you yeah. it was ineffective <laughs> unless you're extremely attractive <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but again yeah. even the challenge there is just being extremely attractive physically attractive it's not enough to have a good relationship right no, like, it's totally not. that doesn't or you can't control will, who approaches you it will not only that but like that that will yeah. that will generate initial interest mm. but you know unless there's something else there to sustain the relationship um it'll, it'll fail and you, and you know i have to say at least reading between the lines i see this all the time on dating apps um with, with a lot of the like really pretty girls like there sometimes their profile will be completely blank all they've put is pictures and it's like in some sense i feel bad for them right because it's yeah it's basically like their whole profile is like i'm pretty <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you know to, to me i mean again this is me reading between the lines and maybe i'm misreading it but to me it suggests they haven't found uh other strengths you know, yeah. other ways to connect with people. This is the only thing they've found that that's worked. Um, you yeah, know. And, just... and so to me, it suggests some, <clears throat> you know, hidden insecurity. 
Mm. Um, yeah, I think anyway. there's often that going on. I mean, to some extent, it is hard for me to empathize with highly attractive people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm just making a guess here. That's true. Most of the times, I would like to be a highly attractive person. You guys, um, it's really hard. But, <laughs> but Shayla, you were that one, a shining example of someone who's paired good looks with good personality. I had, but, I had all my beautiful pictures and my profiles. Yeah, so, no. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I would like to be extremely uh, attractive after I've developed my personality, you know, so that I'm yeah. interesting and then I become attractive. Late that would bloomers. be better, I think, because I, yeah. to some extent, I think what happens is, look, okay, I mean, my apologies to all the extremely attractive people out there, but <laughs> we are kind of ripping on you a little bit here. No, we're not ripping on you, but, are we? I don't know. A, a little bit. I mean, not, not necessarily. Not the all highly attractive people are like this. But no, anyway, they're not. On. And a lot of them, like, totally are like but, but super the, interesting. I think it's the natural like, challenge. They've found one thing that makes them desirable in the social space. And, and developing the other things right. is, is harder. Yeah. Like, I, I had to learn to be funny because that's what attracted people to Yeah, me, right? same so. here. <laughs> and that that's why I'm so hilarious. To make yeah. up for my hideous <laughs> deformity. <laughs> Sorry, you, you, you had a thought. You said that, that as you pointed to your entire face. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's not informative. But no, yeah, I do tend to think that um, the more attractive you are, to some extent, some aspects of life become a lot easier to yes. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Friendship, popularity, yeah. people that want to spend time with you and talk with you. And so, yeah. you know, it. You know, you don't have to develop yourself to get yeah. that. You have to develop yourself yeah. to get more interesting people that you might want to spend that, more time with. Yeah. You know, but that's yeah. the challenge that... If you're not as attractive, I think you kind of more naturally develop those things because, yeah. I don't know, yeah. you develop more character in some ways, but I don't know. barring plastic surgery, there's nothing I can do about this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But, yeah, so. Anyway, okay. I like attractive good, people. That's a good start. <laughs> you like attractive people? Yeah. Me too. And I still try Unless, to spend time. Until I find out that they're boring. Yeah, not not true. invariably, but oftentimes. In college, my ro- my roommate and I, I used to always say about men, he was attractive until he opened his mouth. That's he right. Was yeah. So That's boring, right. and he was yeah. not attractive anymore. Yeah, there was um, <laughs> there was like a dear, what was that, like dear Abby or whatever, way back in the day. Uh-huh. And there was a guy that wrote in, and he said something like, "I just can't women can't get women to stop wanting me. Like it's just, what do I do?" And dear Abby showed back and she said, "Just keep talking." <laughs> yeah and i've experienced that several times too like the you know especially as guys i think we're initially drawn to physical attraction strong well it's, we've also in attractiveness we kind of got to the bottom of things like yeah women too it's true right yeah it, it's, a, good it's point. a complete fallacy to say oh women initially look at at the inward heart Heck no. Yeah. No, that's, yeah that's, no, Am I wrong, Shayla? You're a woman. Yeah, you are right. We, do, we look at physical appearance. But I would say that we don't put as much weight on it. Probably not. And, and it probably, for me at least, it felt like talking to my guy friends, it, my opinion of looks could change a lot faster based on personality. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think or they're more fluid. Like yeah, I tend to think guys, right. and I've said this on here before, but like mm-hmm. I tend to think for guys it's more like there's these compartmentalized boxes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the physical attraction is its Check. own box. Mm-hmm. And it's either full or it's not full to the extent that we need it to be. And the other boxes don't change it. Like, they don't spill into it. Whereas yeah. for the girls, it seems like for females, the boxes, like, yeah. they're, the boxes they're are all each are connected. connected. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's That's like, he's funny. Now he's more attracted to yeah. right. attractive. Yeah. But like, anyway, we interrupted you in mid-thought. Oh, yeah, something. I was just saying that, like, um, yeah, I've certainly found that a lot of times I'll jump into a relationship with someone I'm really physically attracted to. But then, mm-hmm. and then... 
the personality match and stuff isn't there. It, yeah. It just die really quickly, you know? So, yeah. It's so, you know, guys and girls, you need physical attraction, but it's like if you don't have the other stuff, it's, yeah. just, it's not the glue that holds the stuff together. Yeah. It's initially attractive. But, yeah. but anyways, yeah, maybe well, a little bit off topic here. but Yeah, but it, it's so, a good intro into what yeah. we're talking about, which is getting your crap together so you can love and be loved. Yeah, that's right. Which I think uh, we didn't talk about. I mean, this isn't planned talking here, but it's fine. I think that includes attraction to some extent. Like, yeah. yeah, if there is not that you have to go get plastic surgery or anything, but if you can comb your hair or do something to look a little bit nicer, absolutely. that's going to help. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I know Alicia Snell, she'll talk about this. Like, in fact, you know, the, who's the this lady, is a dating coach, the, the dating yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah, she's a dating coach. And also the the matchmaker lady um she they um they set you up with like uh style coaches and yeah. stuff to try to help you dress yeah. better yeah. they'll say too like if you're a certain amount overweight that probably is slowing yeah. you down you know yeah. and like you know this this definitely is related right like why is it that i mean this used to be an issue for me not anymore so <laughs> dressed so well but like but uh you know i didn't my appearance i didn't keep my appearance up very well um yeah and, and the reasons behind it was definitely about getting my crap together you know i lacked the confidence uh it wasn't a priority for me mm-hmm. uh i made an excuse that like well people should just like me for me mm-hmm. you know and so i didn't try very hard and like yeah. you know that no <laughs> and, and just fixing yourself improving yourself doesn't mean that you're changing who you innately are right right so. Yeah. I think you've turned out very nicely. Thank you. Oh, you're, you're so kind. Thank you. Yeah. By the way, Shayla is still uh, happily engaged to a wonderful man. Yes, yep. I am. She uh, probably doesn't want to talk too much about it because it's... He's a wonderful man. And yeah. he, he has actually done a lot of work on getting his crap together as well. And I think yeah. that's why we found each other. So yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Worked out great. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Good job getting your crap together, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think that... Um, Getting in the way of, of loving and being loved, um, and then finding a way to not, to, to actually get rid of obstacles. You know, I think this is one of the, uh, greatest obstacles to good relationships today. Um, you know, and fundamentally it's about taking responsibility for our actions and our emotions and our circumstances and our role in all of those, uh, instead of blaming others or external forces. This is, this is a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, and, and so, naturally our natural inclination is to not swallow it <laughs> i to... think it's also our natural in- inclination to say i don't do that yes that's not who i am right yeah which which is very much a fixed mindset rather than a growth mindset which someday we'll talk about but yeah. i mean it's basically this yeah it yeah it totally does seem to be a natural human tendency for all yeah. of us to be like who's causing me this problem yeah as opposed to looking inward you know? yeah yeah um, and which, it yeah. yeah normally that's even if it is someone else causing it, like we might not be able to change it. We you can't know? change them yeah. necessarily, but but we always there's always something we can do. Yeah. Even in the most extreme cases, I'm sure we've talked about this. But like Viktor Frankl in his book *Man's Search for Meaning*, you know, he talks about ex- his experience in in the concentration camps during World War II. Yeah, you know, and you know of all the freedoms and and comforts that were and even life in some cases that were being taken from them, uh, the one thing they couldn't take was um, I don't know. To to paraphrase, like their their own their own will, their own um, you know, uh, what what was in their heart and in their mind. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's an extreme example. Um, 
Anyway, so I, I think that the less willing we are to look at our role in our relationships, uh, the less capable and prepared we'll be to actually bring strength to a relationship for when the going gets tough. Uh, but conversely, the more willing we are to to look inward uh, at at you know what what is my contribution to to things, uh, the more prepared we'll be to solve problems when they arise in a relationship. Uh, and even more fundamentally, the more confident, capable, and attractive we will be to others, uh, and the more peace we'll be at. Uh, we'll be at with ourselves. Yeah. You know, I think it's a little bit counterintuitive that like the thing that's probably most likely to help someone around us change is that we first change, <laughs> huh. mm-hmm. you know, or uh, that, for example, you know, when I'm more kind and forgiving and people are more likely to reciprocate that, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm sure there's a bunch of other examples that could be given, but yeah. yeah. I think also being open about our journey of change is inspiring to other people. And it, Telling people what to do is never going to make them do it, but you can yeah. inspire people and that's what actually helps them to move that direction. Hmm. So if you tell them, hey, this is this is my journey or this is my path, mm-hmm. people say, wow, that's really great. I want to do that. Like hmm. I, I look and see how that it's affected yeah. you and I want to. Or not, that right? Or not. Or maybe say, wow, Sheila is a really strong, <laughs> incredible person. I could never do that, but... But Looking that gives you. me a goal to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not true, right? They could do it, but... but it, it, it's certainly not going to make them, well, it's probably not going to make them more entrenched than they were before. Right. Um, and they could also look at that and say, well, she's just had a really great life. And so the world has blessed her. It's, it's and easy the world to is fall not into good that. for me and, yeah. and not recognize the self-improvement that has, and hard work that has come yeah. through that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, no, that's interesting. There's a good quote um, that I heard like a couple weeks ago where one, two guys, one guy was comparing himself to some other guy and he was upset that he hadn't gotten this advancement. Mm-hmm. And um, when he talked to like the, the leader above him, the leader said, your race is not against him, your race is against yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, what matters is that you you improve yourself, you know, not that you're better than this next guy, you know. Yeah. Maybe someday you'll be ahead, above that guy in some other you know yeah. place or whatever, but um yeah anyways yeah kind of along the same lines nice. but yeah there was a pretty good freakonomics episode recently where they were talking about how to change people's minds uh-huh. <laughs> and they're basically saying Sounds like, futile. <laughs> yeah basically i mean they they said that this you know research shows that this model of and this i mean this kind of ties in with what we've talked about like political thought and stuff too but like this model of like well people gather facts and then they form their opinions is just totally incorrect <laughs> you hmm. know? and so and that, you know, one sometimes quasi-effective thing is to try to get the person to actually take on your position by just directly saying, like, well, assume that you have my position. What are some thoughts or some yeah, arguments you would interesting. make? You know, and sometimes it, when they actually think about it objectively like that. Yeah. But even that is, like, not very effective. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, that's just certainly the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're off topic. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> A little. Um, so, I think that... Um, you know, a significant amount of this process of getting your crap together is a matter of decluttering your life. And that's not just in terms of, you know, emotional obstacles, you know, patterns of thinking and so forth that are, you know, keeping us in one place. Uh, it, I think it also, in a more practical sense, has to do with freeing up your schedule, uh, managing your commitments and your material resources wisely, uh, living in a healthy, balanced life. Um, and I think, you know, people who are healthy and happy are inherently more attractive and, um, you know, all else being equal. Um, yeah, I was going to say on that, I think sometimes we fill up our life with things so that we don't have to deal with our crap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're too busy to deal with our crap. So yeah, we just don't. yeah. 
and and this is very hard to do um you know as as a single person like i i'm definitely you know none of us have mastered this definitely not me like i look at my life right now and <laughs> i think i have too many commitments right now and i can see that yeah it's it actually is taking uh taking my eye off of the things that are most important to me which is you know like dating and and good relationships with other people mm-hmm. um anyway yeah you know i think we struggle with some hypocrisy when we <laughs> like because i think this whole cold war thing like you know where we'll sometimes think to ourselves well people should accept me the way i am yeah but then when we think about other people we think well they need to change <laughs> exactly exactly and, um, it kind of makes yeah. me think yeah it reminds mercy me of, for me justice for everyone else yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely it's totally it's totally like wrong it reminds me of when i went to a driving school one time when i had got a speeding ticket and and it asked a couple questions and it was like what are some things that really bother you when you're driving and i said when people tailgate me and when people go slow and it said what do you do when people go slow and i said i tailgate them <laughs> <laughs> and as i wrote it down i was like oh <laughs> okay yes uh, you know i'm a hypocrite <laughs> but yeah it's true anyways yeah. So anyway, so the question arises, well, what can we do about this? Um, yeah. and, and Shayla has this great book. It's called Calling in the One by Catherine Woodward Thomas. Uh, yeah, you know, can I inject something in here yes, too? I think yes, that it's implicit here that um, this is assuming that we know the things that are kind of holding us back and slowing us down. We probably usually do if we sit down and think about it, you know. Yeah, some, some know, people don't. Yeah, that's true. And so sometimes yeah. it might help to get an objective outsider's perspective who you trust. It could yeah. be a f- good friend, family yeah. member, it could be yeah. a professional. Well, you know, it, and, and uh, uh, Catherine Thomas, Woodward Thomas in her book, she... I haven't read it. Shayla has though, but but one of the, the central themes is that, well, as you related to me, <laughs> is that you know even that we all have wounds. Yeah. Um, even people who haven't had particularly traumatic things happen to them, um, just the vicissitudes of life are such that like there's there's pains we've experienced and you know by default we haven't healed from them because that's difficult. Yeah. So uh, I, like I have some friends who have said, well, I've never had anything really happened to me. And so I, I don't understand why I can't get married. I yeah. have, have had a great life, but it doesn't matter how great your life has been. There's always something. And yeah. all of us have things that we... Yeah. Because life is difficult yeah. and hard and right. full of dangers and threats and, right. and harm. Right. Yeah. Which is... the It's supposed to be that way. That's what helps yeah. us grow. But Yeah. And, and I would say in, in our modern age, in our modern society, you know, increasingly, yeah, there's still physical threats for sure, you know. Mm-hmm. The media blows them way out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, way more people die from heart disease um, and from traffic accidents than from, you know, being a, a shooting victim, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, it's orders of magnitude different. But, um, you know, but it's the the psychological wounds. Th- those are as plentiful as ever. You know, we've talked about this before. People are lonelier than ever. Mm-hmm. They're more likely, I don't know if we talked about this, but, uh, you know, we're, you're more likely to commit suicide than to be m- murdered by someone. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so the the psychological wounds are always going to be there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting too when I think about this the gigantic systemic problem of like society at large is not pairing off. You know. Yeah. And is it well? Is it just a symptom of society at large being more mental and emotionally sick? <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. really know. And, and but, spiritually sick. Yeah, and yeah. spiritually. And I tend to think yes, uh, you know, or 
just we're just less or also less effective than we were before. I also think society Mm -hmm. kind of teaches us to blame others or to blame our circumstances. There's definitely a current in in our culture, which which is very encouraging of that. Not without reason, but Mm -hmm. but, you know, in my view, a lot of that is counter extremely counterproductive. Um, I mean, it is true. Like there's a such thing as a victim, someone who has been victimized. Absolutely. Right. But yeah. um, it's possible to to go nowhere but further downward from there. Yeah. Um, sure, that's true. And it is true that you can go you can go too far in the opposite direction where you're yeah. like, this is my fault and something isn't your fault. Right. You know? right. So that is true as well. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to counterbalance that a little bit. Yeah. I also think but, there are ways, though, it, with the victim mentality that you can change your mentality. Like, yes, maybe you were a victim of that bully on the playground or whatever, but you can also tell yourself, but I stood up to that bully and look how great that's made me. Yeah. Or, or reframing that. Or it's decades later. I think I'm finally going to stand up in, in the way I think about myself right. to, to, to the effect they had on me. That bully um, may have yeah. bullied me then, but what am I still doing about it now? 20 years later to continue that bullying. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Usually if you find the bully on Facebook and see how they're doing now, that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you say that in jest. But that's not true, right? <laughs> like, well, I just mean like in general. Well, I, I'm thinking about actually. I mean, Schadenfreude, you know, finding pleasure in other people's misfortune. That doesn't really uh, heal heal us. It might give us a momentary satisfaction. But. Well, well, okay, no, but to some extent, you can see that like that that person had a crappy life, and they're like oh, still kind of crappy. Okay, and they were probably spreading that crap all over everybody yeah. else too, you know. But yeah. and they probably. You know, they probably they had were a bad bullying me because something bad happened to them. Probably, they were and they were just yeah, yeah, they were probably that. Yeah, probably being bullied there, as there's well. There's a great Key by... Peel uh, video about this. I posted on Facebook a while ago. About <laughs> 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 boys at school, and where he's being extremely like, uh, he's extremely self-aware about what's driving his mistreatment of of a classmate, <laughs> and you know it's his his, his crummy family life and, and everything, and. His insecurities, and then his dad pulls up to take him away from school, and his dad is grumpy too. And he says yeah. it's because his wife left him, and every time he looks at his son, it reminds him of his wife, and that's why he's drowning his sorrows in alcohol. And so, yeah. anyway, yeah, it, was, it was clever it and, and on point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, okay. So what to do about it? So so Catherine Woodward Thomas in her book Calling in the One, she she talks about um, concept of developing the solid sense of self. Um, Shayla, you're an expert on this. Yeah, I actually really, this is a topic that I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to become comfortable with who we are and to love ourselves. And I know a lot of, I don't know if this applies to men as well, but a lot of Mm -hmm. women don't feel worthy of love. And um, so you start to attract people who have your same problems and Uh, your same, you know, sense of not loving themselves and have the same low confidence. Yeah. Mm. And it's really something that I feel is really important is to come to love ourselves. And I don't think we're... We're, it's going to help us so much to find the one in the way that Catherine Woodward Thomas calls it um, when we figure out who we are and learn to be comfortable with ourselves and to love ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that's maybe counterintuitive when we say getting your crap together is that sometimes we mean we need to learn to love yourself. <laughs> that's, yeah, your crap is <laughs> not loving yourself. You yeah, improve. You should right. always that, be improving yourself. But yeah, it is. That's yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, no, I found that in my life too. I think I've struggled with self judgment in my life. You know, and I hold myself to sometimes impossibly high standards. And, yeah. And some of my healing that I've had over time has been yeah, it's just been like learning to like be kinder to myself, you yeah. know, mentally yeah. and emotionally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so, so in this book, um, she, she quotes from psychotherapist James Masterson in his book, Search for the Real Self, uh, where he talks about the solid sense of self, just to give listeners a better sense of what, what we're talking about. So he lists six things. Yeah, six things. So uh, um, the solid sense of self includes, one, the capacity to experience a wide variety of feelings, as well as an ability to soothe painful feelings in a positive way. Two, the ability to express your thoughts and feelings authentically to another person without too much fear of either being engulfed or abandoned. Three, me, can I jump in on yeah, that yeah, too? Yeah. She says somewhere in the book, I can't remember where it was, she says to be love or the word love means feeling safe to be flawed in the person's presence of another person. Ah, interesting. So not yeah. not feeling like you guys are gonna judge me because of my imperfections. Right. That's very much in line with, you know, Brene Brown's yeah. um, message about, you know, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable yeah, right that, yeah. Continue. Uh, yeah that's good uh uh three the capacity to tolerate your own aloneness that one's interesting to me mm. um uh, yeah that's interesting I, Again, I think for being too busy to want to sit with yourself because it's scary what you're gonna have to deal with if you're alone yeah yeah okay like, yeah uh, that's that's yeah. true i i think i think i may or may not struggle with that i don't know Anyway. You think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For a healthy sense of entitlement that life holds good things for you and that you deserve to have them. That one's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Five, the ability to assert your individuality and authenticity in the world. And six, stability of self, meaning that you are always aware that you are the same person regardless of who you are with, what you are doing, or the current circumstances, both good and bad, of your life. That one's interesting to me, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I have the capability and some inclination to be a little bit of a social chameleon, mm-hmm. I've found. I'm not sure if that's good or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I think I, I mean I can be adaptable, are, but there maybe are different too adaptable. aspects of yourself uh-huh. that show up with other groups of people, which is fine, <clears throat> as long as you're not lying about who you are to some groups of people and changing it to other groups of people. That's true. There are pieces of you that will come out more naturally in some groups. That's a good that's point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, one of the phrases I sometimes don't like is when people say, I wasn't myself, because I say, you were yourself in that setting, that's what you're like. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but I think they mean, what they mean is like, I wasn't my best self, or I wasn't, I wasn't feeling the self I wanted to be in that situation. Yeah, sir, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's whole thing about being like at peace by yourself, you know, this kind of ties in a little bit to this... Um, that other Jordan Peterson thing that you quoted that we haven't talked about yet, but we were watching this video earlier. And he talks about how, you know, when you when you take out your anger on other people, and he gives the example of the person who's, like, mad at a rich society, so they go and, like, uh, break the window of a store in a riot. Mm-hmm. And he says, all that really does is later you just feel guilty about that, and you may try to repress that and be, like, yeah. well, stupid, and kind of justify yourself and so close up more. Yeah. But some of that is, you know, when you sit alone with yourself, um, being aware of your feelings, including your negative feelings, and dealing with them in positive ways, you know, right. like dealing with the crap underlying your negative feelings, right. you know. Sometimes it's your own actions that you need to change or stop doing things that make you feel bad that you maybe yeah. then cover up with other stuff to try to get rid of your feelings, you know. Right. Yeah. Your feelings are not your enemy. Usually dealing with they're them trying in to tell you something. healthy ways. Right. Oh, that, well, that's a good point, yeah. right? Yeah. Your feelings are not your enemy. Right. They're a barometer. To yeah, know, to know what's happening. I mean, and I think if you don't work through them, they'll continue to come up. Yeah, in general, yeah. I mean, there is like mental illness and stuff where, like, well, right. some people's feelings really are telling them lies all the time. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. But in general, yeah, your feelings, like when you feel these negative things, like it's good to pass. You have to pass through them and not around yeah. them. Yeah. And you have to find out, well, if there are things that are causing them, yeah. what do I do to change those things? Yeah. Yeah. You can't change your feelings directly. You can nope. change them indirectly. So yeah. you can just change the things that are causing those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. But but we yeah. definitely have influence over what we think about our feelings. Definitely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And how we manage our feelings. Yeah, and, and what we do based on what we think and how we feel. Yeah, Shayla yeah. manages them by punching pillows. We found Yeah, out. yeah, I we do. Yeah, yeah she does. A few no, episodes I don't know. Ago. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also yelling in my car. Yeah, if, 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 <laughs> if you go to her home, each of her pillows has <laughs> fist marks in it, permanent <laughs> fist marks. You're like, wow, this pillow wasn't very comfortable. Oh, there's a fist mark in it. Better a pillow than a face, right? That's true. <laughs> or a store window. <laughs> yeah. This one's for Bryce's comment. Yeah. <laughs> That's Paul's comment. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So, you know, about developing this solid sense of self. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I would argue, I think we all agree, to not try to, to build the solid self, sense of self means you're going to be left with a flimsy sem- sense of self right. right one where hey if things are going great that good like if no mm-hmm. terrible things happen to you or even mildly distressing things happen to you then fantastic but once they inevitably do that some stressors arrive on the scene you're going to collapse and react negatively because you yeah because you're not prepared to, to react more positively i also think to be fair if if you're looking for somebody who also doesn't have a solid sense of self then maybe you're okay. But I think most of us are looking for somebody who's confident and all these things. And in order to find that person, we need to become that person to work on ourselves. Well, and I'd also argue if if you have a flimsy sense of self and you're looking for someone with a flimsy sense of self, that's a recipe for disaster. It absolutely is. Um, Yeah. I can't say, sorry, you're looking for the wrong thing. Maybe some people want that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay, that's true. Maybe some people want disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) The the drama keeps it interesting and exciting. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think too, like a healthy sense of self. For example, there there are flaws that we all kind of there are, there are pitfalls that we all kind of fall into. Like I think guys, for example, you know, there's this um, there's people that have, I've heard this that guys when they talk to when they communicate they have like these. Yeah, um, Tamsin talked about this. I don't remember how you ordered it, but it was like how they have these specific things that the reason that they're communicating. One of like the top three things is they're comparing. <laughs> they're like where they fall in the picking order with all the other guys kind mm-hmm. of thing. They're comparing things like jobs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think for instance, as guys, we tend to tie our self-worth to our job situation sometimes more than yeah. we should, you know, what, um, we kind of tend to equate that kind of sometimes to our worth. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it, I don't know. And my feeling A lot of men's sense of self-worth has to do with their competence. Um, And I think there's no more natural place to exhibit, demonstrate our competence than in a work setting. Um, Yeah. And at the same time, you know, part of getting our craft together, too, is being able to have a, hold down a decent job. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because I know for me, yeah, when when my career, (laughs) which many times has been... (laughs) in periods of peril um it it definitely affects me on a deeper level definitely yeah and i think this is having a solid sense of self is finding a way to love yourself despite that yeah women a lot of a lot of our self-worth is depending on our body types and that's what the world tells us to believe sure and 
it, it doesn't matter how many diets you go on. Sometimes you can't do anything There's about all, it. There are limits to what you can do. Right? Yeah. But if, yeah. but once you begin to believe in yourself and it doesn't matter what my body looks like, I'm still the same person and I'm still worth loving. Yeah. That changes a lot of, of, of how you feel about yourself and your self-confidence and people yeah. can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, um, this, it is true to some extent that like the more positive you feel about yourself, you generally, the more likely you are to probably like more naturally get your craft together, yeah. you know, and actually uh, have the energy to actually do things that are that are good for you to help you to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're just like beating yourself up, it doesn't really help. Yeah. Um, there was this study. I can't remember what they were talking about, how with dogs, it's dogs get trained better with positive reinforcement. Mm. And so like, you know, the dog does the thing you want it to do and then you pet it and you praise it. Whereas you could alternatively like get mad at it if it does the wrong thing, but it doesn't train as well if you do that. And like people are the same way, like you train them with positive reinforcement. It's like, you, so, and I think yourself too, you train yourself with positive yep. reinforcement better, you know. I was just going to say, I've, I've trained a few men with positive reinforcements. <laughs> yeah? Did it stick? It does, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. They know it makes me happy and they want to do it more. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. that's key exactly. feedback. Because yeah. <laughs> contrary to popular belief, men cannot read minds, especially a woman's mind. That's why we have to be good communicators. Yeah. Yes. That's probably yeah, another, are, a whole other are, episode. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 Men are especially bad at reading minds. Women are a little bit better. They're still not great, but they're better than men. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So there, there's this good quote I uh, like from, from uh, this book. Um, she says, many of us cannot allow ourselves to form, allow ourselves to form loving, happy unions because it is outside of our identity, identity to be truly loved and valued by another. Our whole sense of self may have formed itself in reaction to a wounding or an event that suggested that we were unlovable, unworthy of love, or simply alone in life. In order to bring love into our lives, these constructs of self must be revealed for being just that, constructs, and not the truth of who we are. We must remember that who we are is oftentimes far more vast than our than our ideas of who we are. In short, in order to allow our, to allow love into our lives, we often must shed our old ways of defining who we are. Yeah, you must unlearn what growth mindset. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yep. and again, you know, talking about the cognitive triangle in psychology, which we've already alluded to, right? We don't really have control over what feelings we have. Um, Directly, we don't have control, but but we do, we can choose uh, our thoughts, you know, what we're willing to accept uh, mentally, you know, conceptually, uh, and then absolutely, you know, we, we can control our behavior. And sometimes that looks like, like, maybe it's easy for me to, to now in my adulthood say, well, what they just said about me is not true, mm-hmm. but am I remembering to go back and think of the things that have been affecting me for 30 years? Oh, that mm-hmm. kid on the playground told me that I was ugly mm-hmm. and I chose to believe that then. And I don't right. believe that now, but if right. I remembered to go back and say, okay, here are all the reasons I let that play out in my life. Yeah. And they're not true. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that whole sticks and stones saying is totally backwards. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Yep. So anyways, hang on. There's maybe one more. Do we want to, <laughs> Oh, well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll read this too. Okay. So, 
So she also says, um, okay, this is about perfection, which certainly our ideas about perfection uh, are relevant as well. So she says, there's a certain grandiosity in thinking that we have to find the perfect person before we'll open our hearts to love. The residue of childhood's magical thinking, interesting, uh, coupled with the idealism of adolescence, keep us seeking perfection in ourselves and others, rejecting our human frailties and flaws as inferior and unworthy of love. But seeking perfection is actually the antithesis of love. For love, by definition, happens when it is safe to be flawed in the presence of another. Thinking of the, think of those for, think, excuse me, think of those whom you've met in life who seem perfect to you. While we may admire or even envy the, those, these people, we rarely love them. It is never our perfections that make us lovable, but rather our shortcomings and our perfectly imperfect imperfections. This yeah, is a little that, controversial. That's the part that I was pushing back against <laughs> before this, because I would disagree generally with the the broad statement that our our imperfections make us lovable. But I agree with what the sentiment that she yeah. was saying before, which is that love is loving a person notwithstanding their flaws. You know, you take their flaws and all. You don't need a perfect person. You can take a flawed person and you still love them. Yeah. Well, well the, to some extent, that is love, you know, looking past their flaws. Well, this is also very much about allowing ourselves to be love, loved. So lowering our guard, yeah, allowing sure. our imperfections to come through. Sure, You're I right. It's flaws. a two-way street, though. That's You're right. True. Yeah. What if we yeah. change the word imperfections to our vulnerabilities? Yeah. Like having... We love people as they are vulnerable to us. And yeah. we are more loved as we are vulnerable. My cousin, I remember she told me <clears> once... The heart is a muscle, and just like any other muscle, mm. in order for it to grow stronger, it has to get hurt. And that was really eye-opening to me because mm. I had protected my heart from so many... Wait, you're not talking about the literal heart, are you? Uh, no. Oh, no, now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yes, that too, but oh. not in this case. Okay. But as I opened up my heart to people and as I was more willing to show my imperfections or be vulnerable, yeah. my heart would get a little bit hurt, but it would get stronger. Yeah. And... Yeah. Soon it was easier easier for me to be vulnerable and let love pe- let people love me for my imperfections or my vulnerabilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's tricky because uh, being more vulnerable can lead to more hurt too. This is a little bit out there, but there was this near death experience book I read, and and this guy said that in his in his experience, you would greet each other normally with a hug, and when you hugged the other person, it would be you say, "Come on." <laughs> Tuck it. No. Get, I'm in the dark. I'm in the dark. Uh, Key and Peel reference. Sorry. Yeah, Rise is referencing Key and Peel's right? I'm in the dark. I'm in the dark. This kind of awkward hug. But, anyways, um, no, it was like you would hug people. That was like your normal greeting. And when you hug them, it was communicated to you how to best love that person. Mm. Which is a uh, only in a safe place can you do that? Are you saying in this yeah. in this near death experience? Yeah, in this near death experience. Oh, interesting. The, the hugs communicated, like the hug okay. communicated to you how to best love that. Interesting. Person. That's and interesting. Uh, which is a, it would be a dangerous thing uh, to you know share that with everybody you ever meet because that right. also tells them how to hurt you to some extent. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is true. Like loving relationships are those in which you feel safer to be vulnerable like that and you trust that the other person is not going to use that against you. Right? There's this really great, um, it's like the 12 stages of a relationship or something. Mm. And it has like, you go from stranger to acquaintance, to friend, to close friend, to someone you confide in mm. all these things. And it talks about how, if you like some people get stuck at a step, they're not willing to be more vulnerable. Yeah. They're not willing to get a little bit more hurt. Right. And some people will skip steps. So they'll yeah. go straight from being an acquaintance to somebody, a confidant. Yes. And that's yes. also very dangerous. I've been very guilty of that in yes. my life. I've, I've learned 
how to be more wise about my boundaries yeah, and, so and taking things slow. So I get it. steps yeah. so that you're, you're, you are becoming more vulnerable, yeah. but you're not hurting yourself so, so much all at once because you've skipped steps. Yeah. You're, you're taking the proper steps to yeah. go climb up that ladder. Yeah. Cause that's very unhealthy, right? Cause then mm-hmm. inevitably they're going to confide in someone who really is not committed to. And they're just going to hurt ha- you back. That's right. And so they're not going to care about it as much as right. you think. Cause you're like, I shared these deep things with you and you're treating me like I'm no one. Right. Um, and that makes you bitter unless you understand what's happening. It makes you bitter. And But then there's a person who's not willing to be vulnerable at all and they never yeah. climb the steps. So yeah. it is important, but you have to do it in the proper way. Yeah. 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 You know, but, Lisa Snell, a dating coach, she talks about this. Like um, if, if you're dating someone and pretty early on they start sharing like very vulnerable things that it's wise to just say, you know, I'd like to learn about this, but I don't, I don't think this is the right time that we should wait until we spend some more time and get to know each other better. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. similarly, if someone starts asking you very personal questions, to just say like, you know, back I, off, buddy. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, say something like, I don't have anything to hide, but I think that's a conversation for later when we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it is too because it's yeah. smart to not um, be too vulnerable too soon. You kind yeah. of scale that. Cause, as yeah, because well you're, you're you're imposing too much uh, commitment too soon. I yeah. think it will also tell you a lot about that person based on how they react to you saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now that, but but you're right. There's the opposite extreme where you never reveal anything. Right. Um. Yeah. And this overlaps a lot, I think, with with the attachment styles, which we still haven't talked about, which we will someday. <laughs> you know that yeah. there's anxious, secure, and avoidant. Yep. And anxious people, you know, that they, they want validation. They they and they want to be reassured about the the commitment in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And for avoidance, it's the, the opposite. Right. Right. So the anxious I share too much too soon. That's right. Yep. That's yeah. right. And yep. the avoidance, like. You're never, you, you won't get anything out of me. I die <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't going to crack copper. <laughs> yeah, whereas, I, I ain't snitching on no one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, whereas like the anxious people are like after the first day, like burying them. Like, <gasps> I'm so worried this is going to fall apart. Yeah. Um, have you guys sort of like the 21 love questions thing or whatever? Yes, 25 questions that lead to love. Yeah, what? And it's kind of like, well, the idea is, that, I mean, to some extent, I think there's, there's some, I don't know, I don't, I don't fully like buy into like these 25 questions are going to make you fall in love with the person, but, mm-hmm. but. Um, what the questions do is that they increase in vulnerability. Each question is more vulnerable hmm. than last. Like hmm. I went through some of them and I was like, whoa, yeah, there's definitely a lot of people I would not want to yeah. get past this question. Pretty personal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're supposed to stare into each other's eyes for like <laughs> a certain number of minutes or something or like a whole minute. Whoa. And it's supposed to be like, then you're supposed to fall in love. You know? <laughs> whoa. I, mean, I think I have a lot more trust in like the, um, Gottman kind of idea that yeah. know, it's not like a, not like you can just take this thing and go pick some person you're attracted to and then you'll be in love at the end of this. Like, right. there's a lot of other stuff that goes into what's sure. going to make healthy love, you know, sure. with the person. But mm-hmm. but it's definitely interesting the idea that you feel more love as you're safe, feeling more vulnerable. So you know, well, if you're honest with yourself, I don't feel safe going past this question. Then maybe that's not the person for you, you know. And if it is, yeah. then maybe that's yeah. a good sign. Or yeah. maybe you just have some more work to do before you can get to that. That's question. definitely yeah. a real yeah. possibility. Yeah. 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 Um, we're almost done, guys. Yeah. I, I do want to talk a little bit about this Jordan Peterson video. Yeah. Um, so he talked about Jordan Peterson. He's a, a famous, some might say infamous, yeah. um, professor at at the University of Toronto. I yeah, think? he's a psychotherapist anyway. too. Anyway, he's got a private practice. I, I really respect and admire him. Um, um, he definitely says provocative things, but um, anyway, 
Uh, So in this video entitled Fix Yourself, he talks about um, having an honest dialogue with ourselves uh, rather than uh, blaming external forces beyond our control. Um, So uh, here's just a few excerpts. So it says, you can't change other people, but you can change yourself. But it's difficult. It takes courage to change and it takes discipline. It's much easier and much more gratifying to your basis desires to blame others for your misery. Um, Now, there are people who seem to be consigned to a terrible fate. But most of us aren't. Most of us have a chance to make our lives better. But how? Start small. Ask yourself a few questions. And then he he proposes some questions. You know, do I wake up on time? Am, um, am I rude to people? Uh, do I drink too much? Yeah, am I, do, am I giving my full effort of my job? Right. Or am I yeah. doing everything? Yeah, he just gives those as, a, as examples. But he's saying, you know, look look inward at what, what am I doing? What, you know, what is the course of my life? Um, he's, and, and then he's, he clarifies that it's not a matter of accepting some externally imposed morality. It's about having a dialogue with your own conscience, uh, asking yourself, wh- what are you doing that's wrong from your own perspective? And what could you put right right now? Um, he, he ends by saying that, you know, even after struggling with this internal dialogue and, you know, coming up with ideas of what you can do differently. <clears throat> he says that your life will still be difficult. You'll still suffer. <laughs> yeah. Right? So this is not some magical solution to life's ills. Um, but he says, that's the price of being alive. Yeah. Um, but maybe you'll become strong enough to accept that burden. And in that fashion, even come to act nobly and with purpose. Um, um, he says, you can fix yourself and you'll do no harm by, do- by doing so. And in that manner, at least you can make the world a better place. Um, doesn't well anyway. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I agree with a lot of the stuff he says. I've yeah. listened to actually a lot of his podcasts and stuff, and and uh, and yeah, the great majority of it is just very practical advice yeah. about like, hey, do stuff that's going to get your life in order. Like you know, you can't yeah. blame everybody else for it. And, yeah, and instead of repressing some of the natural consequences of bad behavior, the guilt and shame, you know, naturally that's going to cause us some psychological distress. And yeah. what, you know, that's kind of a pivotal issue because we can either like repress that and ignore it and just, I'm not going to think about that and I'm going to keep myself busy with other activities, you know, or yeah. with, you know, substances or, you know, whatever yeah. to keep your mind off of that. Cause I don't want to change those beliefs underlying that. Um, yeah. you know, or you can have this honest and probably painful challenging at least dialogue with yourself i love how he says it takes courage and discipline because it really does and yeah. it's not easy and sometimes you have to muster up just the tiniest bit of courage but that tiny bit of courage will get you a long way and yeah. that will make you stronger so that you have a little bit more courage to muster up for the yeah. next thing that you want to improve yeah. and one, one thing that i didn't quote here but he kind of talks about how you know when when you're feeling um um let me just take a look you know, he says for people whose behavior, yeah, might be clearly, um, you know, contributing to to negative things in their life. Um, wait, I lost my train of thought. Paul, you were going to say something. <laughs> I'll get back to it. <laughs> so, well, he has this, um, Sean Peterson has this uh, thing where he says, clean up your room, you know, start by cleaning up your room. It like seems like a very simple thing, but it's like the point of it is like, to change the things that you can, and if you have to start small, start small. Yeah. Um, I like that idea. Um, I remember what I was going to say. Okay. But, but Go keep going. That no, was basically. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he he suggests that um, you know, when we're when we're in this these mists of of darkness, um, you know, about 
why we feel bad and and we seem to be our circumstances seem to be bad and we seem to be stuck in them you know he says that there can be a lack of clarity about um right and wrong that we we might not be sure and he says that actually you shouldn't ruminate too much about that just focus on what you can identify as things that that um you know that, that according to your own conscience you should do and that as you do that and as you start getting better results, you know, the the issue of right and wrong will be more clear to you. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, I think also one of the things that I sometimes think about when I listen to his stuff is that um, sometimes we have a lot of, I feel like society at large, we struggle with ingratitude for the yeah. a lot of the things that are good in our life that we just totally take for granted. Like um, I was in a church lesson the other day and they were talking about a parable of the talents in the New Testament and like, the, you know, the one person's given 10 talents, the other five, and the other mm-hmm. one. And that sometimes we tend to look up. It's just similarly like with parables that are about like rich people in the Bible. We tend to think like, yeah, those rich people. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I had Glad looked, I'm one of the humble, <laughs> honest, poor uh, people. Poor. And, uh, but like I looked up. So in the class, I looked up uh, and on Investopedia, I found that. I it, love Investopedia. It, yeah, it said that. If you make more than thirty-five thousand a year, you you're in the top one percent of money worldwide. Of the world. Yeah, yeah, because wow. most of the world is extremely poor, yeah. and uh, so um, you know we have we sometimes have this <clears throat> tendency to look at people who have it better than us and just to focus on the the one per, the less than one percent that has it better than us, and not to ever look down at the ninety-nine percent that have it worse than us, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and feel like those stupid rich people or those stupid people that have this or that or the other better than me and get mad at them and yeah. not be grateful for what we do have. It's yeah. pretty significant, yeah. you know. We live better than kings in the yeah. past, you know, right. just yeah. with our well, and, plumbing and, 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 and I think, you know, the, the um, kind of the insidious um, assumption there is that these rich people – they they got there, they they were just lucky, yeah. right? And they, yeah. some of that is true. Mm-hmm. Like some people are just yeah. s- simply born into better circumstances. Yeah, but true. but the, you know there's a there can be a, a, there's a temptation to uh, assume that um, that I I I inherently can never be there. I can inherently. Um, you know, I've been dealt a raw hand. Yeah. Um, or and again, to 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 some extent, that might be true, but. Yeah, or, or that somehow attacking them is somehow going to help us get to their place. Exactly, like, uh, exactly. They, they didn't get there by like yeah. getting mad at rich people of them. Exactly. Uh, yeah. you know, and maybe some of them, yeah, were born into it and stuff. Yeah. But it's true, it's totally wasted effort yeah. to sit there and stew about like, well, this person has this better than me. Because, yeah. well, that doesn't help us to get to the place where we think we should be. Yeah. Like doing something about it. I love the movie, yeah. have you seen The Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah, Smith, where he, uh-huh. he that is a hard from, movie to watch. It is. Oh, it's boy. a very hard movie to watch, yeah. but you can see how he says, this life isn't going to work for me, and I'm going to do everything I can to change. And he really changes from a person living in, in poverty to having a lot of great things in his life. But yeah. you can see that it's a lot of hard work. And yeah. That's what yeah. it is. But he worked yeah. on it, and he, he got there. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, we're at the 51-minute mark. Yeah. It's been a good episode, guys. Any up. parting thoughts? By getting your crap together so you can love and be loved? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Shayla did it, and that's how she loved, how she's loving and being loved. I really honestly think that, like, all of the crap that I have had to work through has been a lot of hard work, and it's been a Mm. long journey, and I know that my fiancé has done a lot of work through his crap as well, and I think that that helped us to find each other. I really, truly believe that. Yeah. So, it's worth it. I'm a big fan of 
goals and keeping track of things you know like yeah. i um i know on the um I'm trying to remember what this test is that uh, Gretchen Rubin has, the personality test. Uh, I came out being a rebel, which is, means that I don't like uh, any kinds of goals or things that are imposed by anyone besides me. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have a goal that I impose upon myself, I like I'm, I'm pretty good about it, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think any goal imposed by other people is a flawed goal. Yeah. Yeah. But but, but that you react more negatively than most to it. Yeah. Probably. And we're like, yeah. that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, and it probably is if it's th- externally imposed. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I know another thing is that like rebels uh, apparently don't like is, uh, uh, is specific dates like, for instance, New Year's resolutions. You know, oh, yeah. Like, well, it's an arbitrary yeah. date. Yeah. Paul and I are a lot the same in this <laughs> regard. Yeah. It is. That is an arbitrary date. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I certainly like keeping track of like and i have like a little app that i use like keep track of certain goals that i feel like things that i need to work on and, and yeah i feel like it's helpful to keep track yeah. of things you know i yeah. like doing that to try to better myself yeah and it's nice i got a long ways to go yeah uh and i'll just say like yeah when i have an honest inventory of my life uh i can definitely re- recognize a few of the uh, craps <laughs> in my life that are hindering my my ability to love and to and to be loved by other people. So I I do think this is these are very true concepts. And those, yeah. no matter how much work you do, there's always more crap to work. Through. Yeah, and so you know, and yeah. that's not a hopeless thing actually. Yeah. Like your ca- your capacity definitely grows. Yeah, your confidence definitely grows. Um, you know, challenging things seem less overwhelming, but you will still have challenging things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, another final comment, I guess. I had a coworker who I felt like really knew how to push my buttons, and I, I had a lot of... Beep, boop, boop, beep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I had a hard time forgiving forgiving her uh, after the fact. I would struggle with this resentment. But at some point, I did sit down and think to myself, okay, what did I do wrong in this situation? Yeah. And when I kind of thought about it like that, I felt like that was like the last step in helping me to like reach full forgiveness and, hmm. and, and, and actually reach out and be like, Hey, you know, I realized where I was wrong here and I apologize. Yeah. She never responded. But to me, it was, uh, that was like the final step in the healing was yeah. me realizing, well, what part had I done wrong? We don't always have a part that we did wrong in some of the situations, but in a lot of them we do that yeah. we're just not admitting or looking at. Yeah. Now, so. yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. that's it. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yep. It was great. Thank you, Shayla, Thank for, you. for sharing yeah, your wisdom for and, me. and, uh, And we'll talk to you all next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating. Thank you.